0: We, I love that every time we're like we should have an intro and they're like okay and then we just like slop onto the next thing like we don't even bother trying just, uh, just yeah we're we're
1: bad podcasters yeah. and we're and we're just telling on ourselves right now <laughs> uh, but you know like in the interest of being better sure and doing better that's be good uh, welcome to Director Peace Theater uh, I'm Abe Epperson I'm one of your co-hosts. Uh, I'm joined, uh,
0: by introduce yourself. Uh, really. thank you. Adam Ganser, the other of your co-hosts, uh, we're different people, Abe. Were you aware of that?
1: Yes. <laughs> um, not if my entire frame of reference was a comment section.
0: <laughs> and, um, you know. Yeah. You know. I, I think it's a little flattering. Honestly, I think it's a little flattering at times, you know, cause like, uh, who wouldn't who? that you're like that they can they think you're me? Yeah, well, who, or I'm who, you. Well, I mean who wouldn't want to sound like me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you thought a, I love this. You thought a compliment was coming and it didn't. You like that? Uh it, it begins. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I like I like our little our uh, little spars. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Please yeah. intro. I Yeah, I'm,
1: that little tete-a-tete is just mm-hmm. a a piece of what you get here at Director Peace <laughs> Theater because we're two directors, we're two hotheads. We really are. We're two, uh we have our vi- we have various opinions. Yeah. Um just off mic a second ago, we were talking about how we're like, yeah, I guess I agree. That's fine. Like, we always make it a little more contentious than it needs to That's, be. Let's, yeah. let's, can we agree on that? Oh. you know, like, most humans will be like cordial about it. We're like, no, yeah. I need to have my opinion. Right. In here. I need, why? Because I
0: need it. <laughs> Not only that, I need you to know that I have chosen to agree. I could have gone the other way. <laughs> yes. I Yes, everything, gone the other way. everything is a power move. And today's power
1: move is made by Adam. Thank you. Uh this is an Adam episode. Uh and uh I'm looking at an outline. Yeah, you are. It's entitled How Michael Bay Saved Armageddon. And I <laughs> I I have to tell you. Yeah.
0: I can't wait to hear what you got.
1: <laughs> you got for this one. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I knew that was kind of so, a that was
0: a shot across the bow for everyone's good taste. Mm-hmm. Like what the hell does that mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. Uh <laughs> what does that mean? Let's begin. Great question. So, uh 1998's Armageddon. Uh I feel like this is one of those movies pretty much everybody's seen. Uh which is weird cuz it's not that good of a movie, but I feel like everybody's seen it. Um and it's huge. It's movie, a huge yeah. movie, yeah, absolutely. In a year of here of huge movies actually. Um and it has a gigantic problem as a, as a film. Uh the problem is not the asteroid hurtling toward the earth. It's that The movie is fundamentally about drilling. (laughs) Like, that's what the movie's ultimately (laughs) about. Let's drill (laughs) on something, which cinematically, I'm going to argue, is a fundamentally boring idea. Uh, Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that, like, look, I mean, the perfect test case for this is go watch The Core. That movie never got interesting. I watched it in... Oh, my God, I love The Core. but, But it's not good, though, right? You can... You can no, yeah. it's not. Yeah. It's it, the core is like
1: a spectacular. It's like watching like ski videos yes. where like the ski, like they're on, they're on, they're on their skis. They can't take off their skis. They have no power to stop. Yeah, skiing, it just keeps happening, and they're just tumbling down yeah. the snow. That's right. It's 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 all, it's fascinating. Like I want to look away, but I I can't. Right,
0: you because you know there's a tree at the end of that. Video, but you still need to see you know, it happen.
1: Yeah, their day, their day is only going downhill. A
0: hundred percent, I I completely agree. That is the core. The core is a movie that didn't do what Michael Bay did for Armageddon. I think the core is going to be like a great proof text for everything that I have to say about what Michael Bay has done to make this movie work. Uh, so, Barrett, so if you can mm-hmm. hold the core in the back of your brain. As like a, a good sort of like Rorschach test, if you will, about, hey, why, don't, why mm-hmm, do I like mm-hmm. this and do I not like this and why? Um, okay, so essentially, and the act of drilling, cinematically speaking, has very little drama in it. And by that, I mean, there's really not a lot of beats to drilling. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you set up the drill, you drill it, and then the drill is done. Uh, so like, yeah, yeah. As a way to solve a problem, it's not the most cinematically involved solution. Uh, mm-hmm. like you know, again, contrast this with any other blockbuster you've ever seen. Uh, when you drill, you don't run or gun or steal or hide or betray or discover or realize or really any other verb. It's just an uh, you're mm-hmm. standing around watching a machine do a job. That's the idea.
1: So. Yeah, the most the most uh active part of it is actually seen in this movie where someone hits oil right. and then it explodes all over all yes, over everyone. Exactly. Uh but that's like just an instantaneous like we did it. Or I guess in this movie it does this thing where it says like, and they're drilling. And they 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 they're almost
0: at the number. They're almost number at feet. the number. Exactly. You're just watching. Yeah. A, you're watching. And then they hit the number, and you go,
1: "Yes, yeah, we <laughs>
0: did it." Now, I mean, I all, right. I, I all credit to the screenwriter and Michael Bay because they had to do a lot to spice up that problem. Um, but on a fundamental mm-hmm. premise level, it's pretty flawed, right? It's pretty flawed in terms of entertainment value. I will also argue, and this I know is going to be a little more contentious, that the place we go in this movie, which is an asteroid is also not one of the best places to be for a long extended period of time, because once you get there, it's a cool idea. It's cool to go there as Abe and I have talked about off, off Mike. But once you get there, it's basically just sort of a, a, a giant ice rock, you know, and there's not a lot Mm. to it. Uh, Abe reminded me that uh, asteroids are fundamentally unstable because I believed going into this that like uh, the unstable like the instability of the asteroid was an invention of the movie maker. So I can accept mm-hmm. on some level that maybe it's like sort of like being on a volcanic island or something like a barren desert volcano island. Like maybe it's like yeah. that, but again, you don't want to be there for very long. It's sort of like being in Tatooine in Star Wars. It's like look, we want to like it's fine for a little while, but get me off this desert planet, right?
1: It is literally screaming through space. <laughs> like, it's going super it's fast. It's awesome. Like, I don't it's, know. yeah, but the. There's, uh, it's but awesome. But you're
0: not watching it streak by like it's on light speed or something. You know what I mean? Like, they're literally just standing on a rock. You know what I mean? So, like, on yeah, on that level. It's true. On that level. It's a matter of perspective.
1: Yeah. Like, you can make it. But you're still going really fast. I mean, sure. it's true that, for example, we're going like, I forget, like 50,000. Uh, you know, miles per hour through space, ten thousand mi- miles per hour spinning, uh, and that's a de- and that's the Earth. That's you all the time. Right? Like, think about how fast we're going right now. We're going real fast. That's true. Fast, mind-boggling fast, but we don't feel it, you know, because we're used. Well, to and that's it, that's so. the
0: thing, right? And that's that's the exact argument I would make about being on an asteroid. Is that mm-hmm. even though it is like on a spreadsheet, interesting for all those reasons, Mm -hmm. the actual experience of it is sort of just standing on a rock drilling. You know what I mean? Like, that's not the best idea. Sure. So I think that Michael Bay knows this, right? Like, he understands that that's a problem. And because of that, I'm going to make a controversial claim, which is Armageddon is actually an incredibly directed film and shows why Michael Bay became the go-to blockbuster franchise guy. Uh, because the movie should be much less interesting. Giving the elements again, the core has the same exact problems. Basically, like the the core of the earth is also this like barren, you know, hard as stone, no light place, and it sucks. But
1: we don't see outside because we're inside. That's true. The earth. So it's,
0: you can't see. So there's not a lot of visualization. Well, here. they have that whole scene in the core where they step out of the ridiculous drill car and like it's all gigantic stalactite. Like diamonds, you know,
1: yeah, which is nonsense it's nonsense. I love, it. I
0: love it too, but it's boring, like even though they did that to make it interesting, it's still boring because there's really nothing to it. It's like, okay, this is what it looks like, and then we're kind of stuck here for a while,
1: so I'm mostly engaged in your theory, but at the end of this, I want to have an actual discussion about like, what makes what, it
0: interesting, what makes it, what
1: makes things interesting a locale, to you. yeah, 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 because like, because uh, they're throwing diamonds at you, they're screaming through space, they're like explosions are happening, and you're like,
0: no. No, no. This see, is I'm going to I'm I'm <laughs> remove the, expo- <laughs> the explosions piece because that I agree is mm-hmm. interesting. But the rest mm-hmm. of it, I totally agree that that is worth a discussion and we can have it. Uh, and the short mm-hmm. version of my answer is going to be it's the same problem that Fallout has as a video game. Which is it's interesting on paper, but as a thing to look at and as an execution or experience, it's not that good. And that is what Michael Bay is so great at doing: is making the experience itself okay. matter. That's the point. The journey. Correct. The journey. The journey. Yes. So, gotcha. To go back, just to just to re-stick this back on my rails here. So, like Armageddon is an incredibly directed film. It should have been a failure for a lot of reasons uh instead it was the most successful film of that year um and it was the most successful film in a year where there was another asteroid film so like wasn't even the only premise like this that year <laughs> yeah deep in yeah yeah which yeah. everybody loves oh, yeah. bringing it up it made that much more money right like so what is the secret majus mm-hmm. here that made everybody love this film enough to see it that many times um that's the question and i would say that uh the reason this film is successful is entirely attributable to Michael Bay. Um, He is the reason it works uh, as far as being an entertaining film. And uh, the reason why is that Michael Bay is one of the few directors who has successfully, I'll say abandoned the idea of narrative based emotions or narrative based like storytelling emotions and replaced them with what I'm going to call the blockbuster experience. OK, most few right. filmmakers can even do this. Like there's not that many filmmakers who can do it um, because it flies in the face of everything you learn about film when you're in film school or when you're starting out storytelling. Right. Like it requires throwing a lot of that away. And his unique talent is that Michael Bay can anticipate uh, and deliver a blockbuster spirit experience, even if the narrative uh, doesn't agree with it. Like he can give you a good movie when the story's bad. Uh, and again, movie being a movie experience. Yes, yeah. that's his talent right, so, right. right. So, um, and I'm going to argue for this episode, not for every episode, but for this one, that his track record at the box office, which i I'm going to say is the best way to to metrically analyze a blockbuster filmmaker. Shows that Michael Bay does know what he's doing and he is successful at it, even if when I watch his films, I don't like them on a narrative level. I think that the blockbuster experience is he consistently delivers that um that's my that's the premise for today are you are you are you ready Abe Are you strapped in i'm I am so <laughs> ready i
1: got I got the drill in hand yeah. I'm ready to yeah. you know you just let me know, and I'll hit that depth yeah you baby. gotta get those bits all lined up exactly right. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah. I'm your AJ. I'm your AJ. Oh, thank you. God. Oh, by
0: the way, why mm-hmm. do they hate each other so much? Right? Because he's banging his daughter. Yeah, but also he's not that bummed about that. You know And he's so much like
1: Bruce Willis. Yeah. Like Ben Affleck is <laughs> yeah. like that's you know, like it's uh, Liv Tyler says it at one point. She's like, D- "Like you raised me around roughnecks. Why is it so confusing that you know I fell in love with one?" It's be- and then she also says, "Like your your everything good about me is in you." These are all. Nonsense total dialogue bullshit. choices, but uh, total bullshit. But like that's the narrative, and so you treat it as like that's the truth of the world. That's true, and that means that she's in love with her daddy, right? and uh, and AJ is like her daddy, that's like right. a young hot daddy. The-, <laughs>
0: <laughs> the film is absolutely saying that. Uh, like, if you were to analyze this on like how how seriously or well crafted the story is, this movie gets an F, like right off the bat. Okay, uh, like like that story with mm-hmm. AJ and Bruce Willis is atrocious uh, because mm-hmm. he tries to kill him with a shotgun up top. Like that's the beginning of the movie, you know. Uh, but he somehow knows that it's not going to work. Time, right? Which he I, knows it's not going to work. Well, he know like
1: there's this uh, there's this wholesome quote unquote like you know like ah, I'm just ribbing you, yeah, I'm shooting you with a shotgun, but ah, uh, because like the, this this aspect I noticed this time because like uh, Steve Buscemi, Buscemi says at one point, like after he shoots and there's like a ricochet hits his leg, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ben Affleck's leg, one of the shotgun slugs or whatever. And he says, like, whoa, whoa, it's getting real now. Right. And like the demeanor of Bruce Willis changes. He's like, and he says something along the lines of like, or like AJ says, like it's all fun and games until someone gets shot in the leg. And it's like, Okay, so Bruce Willis was just going to shoot around him without, like, that means that this is all play acting. That means that this is, like, a bit. He's doing it as a bit. Right. And I I just don't understand. Like, so you're not really angry? Like, what is your actual motivation? Ah, we're all having fun here. You know, it's like, I don't, that none of this makes sense. That's right. So
0: what you've done is you've perfectly explained the cognitive dissonance that exists with a blockbuster experience. You've perfectly explained it. Yeah. Michael Bay.
1: Yeah. Because Michael Bay robot only shots. No emotions. No, no. He
0: gives you emotions. They just don't line up with what, with your story sense. So like, you are still like, holy shit, he's shooting at this guy. You still get like a little bit of that adrenaline, blood pumping stuff, but it doesn't really add up. It doesn't matter that it doesn't add up because you had the experience. It's like the movie it's like you had- wants you to know yeah. it's a movie. That's the thing. The movie wants you to like, no, 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 no. It's a movie. It's a movie. It continues to push you at a distance and say, it's not a real story. A distance, it's a movie. Yeah. And like experience it only on that level. And to me, that's the essence of the blockbuster experience. You you perfectly communicated it. Uh, so thank I, you. I
1: really do believe that Michael Bay like read a... Like cliff
0: notes of emotions. And he's like, Okay, got it.
1: That's the topic sentence of jealousy. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean he definitely analyzes things on the most surface level there is. Uh, which is why Mm. he makes movies that are for the masses, because they are uh they are not emotionally deep. Uh but he does know how Mm. to masterfully communicate those shallow emotions. Like he knows how to manipulate yes. you with a shot to communicate him. So the technique on display is incredible, which I'm sure going to talk more about. Is yes. impressive. He he is a master of that. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Thank you. So let me just say up top. I mean, or you know, early on here, that I do not think that Michael Bay is the best filmmaker, even for blockbusters. Like I, there are many filmmakers Ooh. I prefer. For blockbusters. Okay. So, like, I'll, I'll list a few. Spielberg, for sure. Uh, Chris Nolan. Mm-hmm. Uh, even John McTiernan, who Abe has a boy crush on. Ooh. You love McTiernan. Ooh. Yeah, they <laughs> You love him. Also, Ooh. I like Roland Emmerich quite a bit. Uh, I was in the theater for that gen- I think... Please, please.
1: I think they're... Well, Yeah, no, I I mean, I agree with you. Uh, I think that they're cut from the same cloth. A little bit. Roland they're Emmerich closer. And Michael Bay. Roland Emmerich. Uh, I think Michael Bay is procedurally more impressive, but Roland Emmerich does the
0: same he stuff. He does the same stuff. He is a little less willing to totally throw the story out the window. Like, I just think Roland Emmerich's sensibility is wacky in the same way he does seem to have hang-ups
1: like he's like i
0: won't do that
1: and michael bay's like i'll fucking do anything i don't michael bay is
0: not doesn't feel any need to tell a story that is emotionally resonant at all he doesn't feel any need to uh, do that you know
1: uh if you ever want to hear like just a psych a sociopath at the top of their game dvd commentaries of Michael Bay on any of mm-hmm. his movies. It's spectacular. Mm-hmm. He, he He's so workmanlike. He's just like, this is where this happened. Right. <laughs> and this was interesting. And it's all about making him feel big. Yeah, he, He's like, and then I his, did that. Which is the only time anyone has ever done that. I was the one who
0: did that. His, uh... He's the psycho. Well, he's he's got a... He, he has a big hole he's trying to fill. You know what I mean? Like, uh, that's mm-hmm. that's the... That's true. That's the problem. For that's that poor true. man, uh, and I'm not here to judge him, I'm just telling you I'm not here what to he's judge good him. at, but why'd you say Martha?
1: <laughs> why'd you say Martha why'd you say Martha? He didn't even direct that film, but it's still the Michael Bay problem, yeah. like if we want to talk you know, we're talking about Michael's Bay problems, let's be honest that's the you, real are,
0: Bray you are you are one hundred percent permitted throughout this whole episode to constantly Thank bring you. up michael bay's problems because i i'm not I, like <laughs> honestly i like i'm not here to defend the man but i do th- there's not i yeah. do think that we've gone to a point where we've forgotten what he's good at um and that's that's, that's what i uh, want to do yeah. this episode that's is like great. show you what makes him so good because he really is very good like uh
1: yeah he, yeah. yeah yeah i i kind of agree with yeah. you you know or you so know, yeah continues. thank sir. you
0: i my argument here is that michael bay's unique talent is that he's able to deliver a satisfying experience despite the narrative which most of my favorite blockbuster filmmakers either couldn't do or would not try to do right like that that's that's hey, one of the things that makes him stand out so all that said michael bay's problem as the director of armageddon is as preposterous as the premise of the movie and the setting. And he has to find a way to give you the experience with these elements. And so the question is, so what does he do? How does he manage this so that we get this, you know, epic film? Right. Also, by the way, it's super fucking long, which should also be a problem. But he manages to make that work. Um. So, yeah, the first thing is, and this is like a little esoteric, but like stick with me on it. Michael Bay establishes right up top that the tone of the film is based entirely on the filmmaking elements and not the story. Like that's the first thing that he does and he's consistent with it across the board. Here's some evidence for that. So Mm -hmm. the very first thing in the film is a shot of Earth with voiceover, a thing that never shows up again, (laughs) voiceover. Mm -hmm. I did too. It's very stupid. That explains how the dinosaurs were destroyed by an asteroid. And you get these really cool shots of Earth. Like, oh, yeah. And then like you're watching a big blow up. And (laughs) the feeling, the vibe of it is, awesome. We're fucking blowing up Earth. Right? Which is the opposite of how you should feel. That's the opposite of how you're supposed to feel about that event if you live on Earth, which we all do. So like, he is already... Be, be, like, based on music and titles and the way he's shooting it, he's uh, subverting the narrative element to make you feel like, yeah, man, we're fucking doing it. That's true. And. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He, he understands his He really does. I guess.
0: That he gave That's himself. That's right. That he gave himself. And bear in mind, he's going to ask you to feel every single way you possibly could about the destruction of Earth in the course of this film. He's going to ask you to feel right. patriotic. Like, my God, the American flags in this film uh he, he's gonna guess. ask you to like sing kumbaya with other people as the earth is about to be destroyed he's gonna ask you to like look at this look mm. sadly on these people who lived here and lost their lives like he has no sense of like it doesn't matter what i said three minutes ago we're saying this now about it and he can make you feel that way and it's incredible right and it's purely an amazing line on this topic
1: now that you mention it, there's a line that I remember, which is that when the president is giving his speech mm-hmm. about yep. like these fourteen men <laughs> we're gonna give their lives you know he says like and all of the all of the uh ingenuity and progress and where we are as a society has led us to this moment where we can fight back for the first time ever and he goes like even our wars have led us here <laughs> it's like one of my favorite lines now just because it's like uh it's leave it to like the old like uh fucking president to be like but. By the way skirt this under the rug remember all those war ways we did yeah that those also good. kind of made us who <laughs> yeah, we are those are, are good
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're good wars, are, wars good are good aren't they because they'll save the you world, like blow-ups right? uh anyway yeah. yeah like so i mean yeah so right away he establishes that tone right now as you right. said perfectly and i think it's consistent across the film uh michael bay will not let you forget that this is a movie Okay like that that's he will never let you forget it's a movie. He requires you to keep that fact present in your mind to enjoy it. And so because of that he will ask you to root for the calamity that's going to happen to earth and then later on to be terrified about yeah. that. Or because of that that's he'll he'll say like let's have Bruce Willis try to shoot Ben Affleck completely irresponsibly. Um, But then, like, you know, by the end of the film, they're brothers in arms saving each other's lives. And that isn't ridiculous. Mm -hmm. You know, like all those things can be (laughs) true at once. Right. It's very like it's like Derrida or something. It's 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 fucking amazing, really. Um, Yeah. It's a
1: cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: So that's one of the first tactics. And he's going to use it all the time. And it makes us stop criticizing the story. Okay, because like that's and that's the key ingredient. It makes us stop criticizing the story. So another thing that he does is he will inc- he'll create impossible leaps of time and logic to keep us interested in what's going on. Okay, so for instance, Harry, that's Bruce Willis's character, is escorted by a helicopter to NASA. Like they they go to his oil rig at mm-hmm. the top of the movie, and then they're like, okay, we have eighteen hours. We get him to NASA where, he, and then he's going to insist on bringing his own crew. Okay, now, so just timeline wise, they were working on an oil rig out at sea less than 48 hours ago by the time they're rounding yeah. them up, okay? So right. now, also, this is just an aside, but it's got to be said. It is so dumb that we are, that NASA is training drillers to go to space, then, like, it's so much dumber for that to be happening than for drillers to be training astronauts. But there's.
1: I want to yeah. a this is a, I, I have an extra grand on As this. As you one. should. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And this is what ben famously yes, Ben Netflix says this in the DVD commentary. And I think everyone listening to this probably has already heard that. It's great. If you haven't, it's a YouTube video, it's like two minutes long. Or watch the DVD commentary to Armageddon if you have it. Um, but he says that. And I was looking down the comments uh, recently and probably wasn't it wasn't even this time. But like in the past, I read it and I was like, yeah, which is that they're like, yeah, I hear this argument all the time. But it's not like they're training them to be astronauts. They're training them to be passengers. Like it's not That's the argument. It's I mean, that's honestly, they never say like they literally say in the movie, it's like. Uh, they're like to be uh, to like you're train. You're doing all this so we can play at astronaut, and like the actual astronaut says, no, you just have to sit there until like the drilling happens. And he's like, okay, if I'm only so if we're not doing any of the astronaut stuff, uh, we'll accept. We com- accept. Uh, you know, like so they did actually in the movie it's point a com- that out. am I'm, I'm not defending the movies. You're absolutely right. That, like, it's not that hard to drill. It's a
0: completely the, meaningless distinction. That is a completely it's a meaningless a
1: completely distinction. completely meaningless distinction, but it's also in, once again, as you're arguing, in the consistent nonsense logic of the movie, it is, like... It's, it's, it's there. It's, it's, it, it's consistent, right. I guess it's, it's
0: with all the rest so, of the So, I, I mean, we all know that, like, like, I don't think we need to convince anybody that this plan makes sense. I think we all fucking know it doesn't make sense, but, but what it's, we should be yeah. asking is why then are we sending drillers to space instead of astronauts? Like what's, what is that decision? And the answer is that it's, it's mm. literally magician sleight of hand stuff to keep this movie interesting. Mm. It's mm-hmm. more interesting for yeah. dummies to be in space yeah, see than it is for yep. really good astronauts who are good at their job to be in space, because astronauts who are good at their job will do it efficiently without drama. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. So having mm-hmm. dummies mm-hmm. in space, is like things are going to go wrong. That's the whole idea. So anyway, I want to get back to this timeline, because like, it's unbelievable. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Harry gets escorted to NASA, and then in 48 <laughs> hours, they decide they're going to round up these other drillers. Here so we get a very long yeah. montage, a long montage. It's the best. Where they it's it is the, the best. best. Here is the things that happened in those 48 hours just logically. Okay, so yes. Ben Affleck's character AJ has started a new business. It started an entire mm-hmm. drilling business with a sign. That's that right. That other people... <laughs> he's got a sign, yeah. He's founder yeah. or president. In 48 hours that people are like, hey, you know, I don't need you anymore, Harry. He just started it. Hey, man, salt of the earth moves fast. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Clark Duncan's character, who... I, it was hard for me to tell exactly what his name was. I saw it as Bear.
1: Papa Bear. Okay,
0: I'll, I'll accept yeah. Papa Bear. I think it was also J. Otis was his real name, but it's fine. Papa Bear. Uh, he traveled to the Midwest and gets in a high-speed motorcycle chase with the FBI. Could you do it? Mm-hmm. You could do it, but you'd have to really decide that's what you're going to do in the next 48 hours. That's mm-hmm. the first thing. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, I guess like, it's sort of more importantly about this montage, aside from the fact that they're like all over God's green earth, which is impossible. None of them have a single patriotic bone in their body. Not one. Right, like so, they like they don't want to help Uncle Sam. Hey, they're not they're interested. Well, they're not. Like they're they're. It's they may not want to pay taxes, but the
1: patriotism, it's in there, man. Wait, 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 wait,
0: wait. Because this is actually worth contending about. I agree that, like, <laughs> I agree that you know maybe it's down deep in your heart. But realistically, if you know that Planet Earth is about to be destroyed by an asteroid, and and so everyone's going to die, and you alone can help fix that. This kind of behavior, this fucking junior high bullshit is not only, mm-hmm. like, not only is it amor- like, immoral, it's also, like, definitely not patriotic. You're, like, you don't care about your country or your fellow humanity. You're a mercenary monster. You know, like, that's just a fact. Uh, so yeah, that's what we're I saying mean, about their characters. But it doesn't matter because it's funnier that they're doing this. It's more fun that they're doing That's this. the
1: thing. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They don't have to be patriotic. Right. I mean, it's just the it's the thing that Michael Bay likes. I guess. Right, but you like you it know? too. It's like he wants people to salute. There's at the end of the film, right? After Bruce Willis <laughs> dies, right? And he and uh what's his face goes up, like the astronaut yeah. goes up to Liv Tyler and is like I would like to shake sh- your hand. Yeah, yeah. And he says his rank and name right 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 like he's he's saluting a you know four star yeah, colonel general. space boy he's i just want to shake the hand of the most brave man i've ever met and uh and it's like it's it's patriotism for that that's the the single thread of emotion that is garnered from that moment that's what patriot that's what patriotism means to that's michael that's what it means bay, to michael bay correct is honor correct and trust correct. It does not matter about nations, but you know that works just as well for Michael Bay, the
0: robot monster. Right. Uh, well, so
1: that's what he uses in his a, films, right? No, Am you're I wrong not wrong. This? But
0: I will argue that he does know enough about how patriotism actually works to know how to successfully ah, yes. invoke it elsewhere. Like, yeah, yeah. Hence the monster, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Is like these character these characters need to be patriotic and sort of like humanistic and all these things by the end because uh that's what the movie needs us to experience like that's part of the blockbuster experience right but right. he also like he, and they don't grow by the way none of these fucking people grow at all uh maybe harry grows like a little oh. bit but none of them grow a little but like so literally they're just having an experience that <laughs> I, I, and by the way, when we say grow, sorry, I just
1: want to throw this in. Let's return back to when he sees like his growth, I guess, would be that he's OK now with Ben Affleck doing his daughter. Right. <laughs> like he's not being hung up on the yeah, th- yeah, idea yeah. of yeah, yeah, making yeah. her own choices yeah. as a dad. Uh, and one let's be clear about what makes him, what allows him to be OK with that. The fact that he realizes that Ben Affleck is just like him, right? So, in other words, it's a right. self fulfilling narcissism. Uh,
0: it's yeah, so it's very ridiculous. Dumb. So, like again, it, this is us analyzing it from a story point of view, right? But the film right. finds a way because he's so slippery, the- to like that you'd never really <laughs> yeah. analyze this, and you just sort of let it happen to you. And so, you just go
1: fuck yeah. <laughs> right?
0: So, just again, I just want to get back on this point. So this leap of time, the other interesting thing about it is that these guys all knew that Harry was going with NASA for a problem. And they're not interested in what that problem is. Like, none of them check in on him. None of them find – like, so this behavior of, like, going on this weird rampage requiring a roundup and then acting like depressed middle schoolers during the NASA training is not only fundamentally illogical – it's uh, it's emotionally like antithetical to how anybody would act. Like nobody would act like this. You know what I mean? Like yeah. people, you, no, you wouldn't, would. nobody would act yeah. like this, but it doesn't matter because it gets us to the point where we're ready for a space mission and we're having a good time the entire time. So you, so like, don't take the threat to earth that seriously. Right? Like during this mm-hmm. section, are we taking the asteroid that seriously? I'm going to say No, Why? Because Michael Bay wants to play that string right now, so that's what he does. He creates a whole sequence that gives us a fun action movie training montage. But he knows, because of the premise, he's got to make it stupid. Because if he takes it seriously, we're gonna be like, "This is not this this is is really bad." Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like the core, exactly. Because, like again, because he makes it more fun, you don't criticize the story, right? So you don't think you don't think about the premise. My favorite counterpoint to this. You know, because again, this is an hour of the movie, this training montage. Like, it's a really long mm-hmm. period of time. Mm-hmm. They get to space an hour it's, and ten minutes. It, which is a movie, really long time. That's like the midpoint of the yeah. movie. It's very long. So, mm-hmm. my favorite counterpoint to this is the movie Inception. Because Inception also mm. has a really, uh, a really complex premise that needs a lot of exposition and training to explain it. But see, Chris Nolan refuses to give us a buddy montage or make a bunch of wisecracks, he wants to really deep dive into the premise. So how does he do it? He Mm. does your sort of classic, let's train the newbie. He wants us to evaluate the premise, right? That's what he wants. He wants to explain and evaluate the premise. And so to do that, he does your sort of classic, train the newbie with Elliot Page, where they go... Uh, through all the pieces of this is how Inception works and then this is what me- right. what it means to drop into the dreaming and all this stuff and to learn all yeah. that stuff you end up evaluating does this world make sense on a level you never do for a Michael Bay film right, right. you kind of see
1: uh, fresh eyes on it Bay doesn't give a shit. <laughs> no, Bay doesn't, doesn't care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He doesn't care. Like, you need and, no identity character. It's just all things happening at once. <laughs> I mean, it
0: might also be because Bay doesn't, Bay can't stand up to the criticism in the same way that Chris Nolan can. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta know, I mean, be like, that's like a character quality for him. Right. But for really? real, like, uh, I think Michael Bay wisely sort of like slight, sleight of hands, those problems. So you don't think about him. Whereas Christopher Nolan, right or wrong is confident about his premise so much so that he's like, now think about this thing I've made, you know? Mm-hmm. And like for me with inception, that is not a successful endeavor. Cause I get very like torn up by little things, mm-hmm. uh, but not everybody will agree with that. So, you know, that's fine. That's a uh, difference yes. in tactic. Right. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I think that's interesting. Michael Bay is one of the only filmmakers who would even do that. So the point is these compromises not only do they take our mind off the story and put it on the movie experience, but they also give Michael Bay a different set of tools to use to convey meaning to us, okay? So because we're no longer focused on the story beats, now uh, we're thinking more about sort of his storytelling conventions. Like, we're having a more surfacey experience of this narrative, and Michael Bay capitalizes on that with, like, some really key filmmaking tools. One of them is gigantic close-ups, massive <laughs> close-ups okay like like he will slam you with most of a person's face anytime he wants you to have a feeling yeah you know, and like i usually I, I dolly in to it yes yes okay. like so like these are aggressive filmmaking tactics right mm-hmm. uh they're loud and they're distracting um but they're not distracting like i'm having a bad experience they're distracting like oh i have to feel this because it's such a loud choice like i'm i'm zeroed in on that right and He will also change tones with a cut. Like he does this all the time. It's a serious moment, then he undercuts it with a joke. And how does he get away with that? By smashing into a close up. Right. And you sort of stick with him because of the intensity of that decision. Right. Like Mm -hmm. he's, he uses editing and close ups to, and, and camera moves that basically, like he refuses to let you sort of have a gentle transition. He has no gentle transitions at all. Okay, he's like jamming you in new tones all the time, and like it works because they're such aggressive moves. Um, by the way, I've so like I've argued that in another episode with the Chris Nolan one on Dark Knight, mm-hmm. that uh, I've argued that Chris Nolan kind of uses the steady cam to sort of lull you into a sort of passive, as a, to be a passive watcher. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the thing we talked about last time. Yeah. I think Michael Bay goes even further with that. Um, because Nolan has kind of a single speed, right? Like he has, as you said, he has like a like a constant. Like we're kind of washing into the yeah. next scene, then into the. And next And you're one.
1: right. His velocity is that of an observer or a watcher, someone who's like creeping into the <clears throat> drama. Uh, Michael Bay feels
0: like he's just a sledgehammer. He's like, look at yes. this shit. <laughs> yes, yes. And like, but he does it very art. Like he never does it in a way that you think about it. Right. Instead, what he does is he. But he. He takes such aggressive controlling moves of the visuals and the tone that y- you are not really able to fight him on it mm-hmm. you know like you have to like you have to have a deeply analytical point of view to be fighting him on this because it's really uh, intense okay right um also i mean this is another tactic that seems very absurd, but he he gets away with it um he his lighting schemes his lighting schemes are not only incredibly intense like like shadows everywhere and underlighting and all kinds of stuff not only that but they are they are the most tone they're like tone racked up to a hundred right mm-hmm. uh, and like they often contradict within the space of a single location so for instance right. NASA, NASA and space are like they have all kinds of jagged neon underlighting, a thing that would not really exist why would anybody want that mm-hmm. Um, and there are scenes where Billy Bob Thornton, for instance, he'll be lit normally and and giving us like, you know, here's the information we need about what's going on with the asteroid. And then, uh... He'll be getting a warning from somebody else in the same space who's got a like he's soaked in red light like he's in a German nightclub right <laughs> and and you're and you're never like you're never like wait a minute where's this what light is coming that from space yeah you know no
1: it, yeah he uh, it's color he fucks with color a lot there's reds yes, greens, he does. blues it's all over the place in this movie but it's not like enough for you to go like that is the color of this film. Like if you watch like Alien, you're like, oh, green is the color of this film. It's not like he's doing a palette. He's just, a, it's just a, um, his palette is all color and he's throwing all of them at you at different times. He puts on different hats. It's so, uh, yep. what's amazing also is that because you're talking about speed here and you're talking about the ramping. I was trying to watch this time to see, like, when does he slow down? And uh, like I noticed that there's only a few times he really slows down, and that is like obviously he uses slow mo for like you know the astronauts like walking up and like the the brum brum right. of the orchestra and you're so supposed to yes, feel he patriotic. Does. He also does it with the Americana and like the world shots. Like so they they filmed like two months before they actually shot the movie. They went all around the globe and just like oh we're just gonna go to you know we're just going to go to Hungary. We're just going to go to India. We're just going to go, you know, in this random spot and just get shots of people doing people stuff. Um, and they all look like uh, like beer commercials. Um, And they're all shot with this kind of like slow motion. And I think it's because like to him, yeah, when you want to be solemn and serious and heartfelt, that's slow, everything else is fast, it seems. Uh I still haven't ha- found the unified huh. Bay theory, but like it's 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 getting there. It's getting there. That's um,
0: interesting. I, I I dig that observation. I think that's really interesting. Uh so as a preface to this next point, I want to revisit this thing that you were talking about with Ben Affleck's commentary. Mm-hmm. So Ben Affleck went to Michael Bay, if you haven't heard this section that Mike that Abe was referencing before. Ben Affleck went to Michael Bay and said, "Why don't the, why don't we have the drillers teaching the astronauts to drill in space instead of the astronauts training the drillers to be astronauts?" And Michael Bay's response was, "Shut the fuck up." That was a yeah, response that's great. to that, right? It's, it's Which is
1: perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, it is
0: perfect because uh, it tells you how Michael Bay is going to respond to uh, logic or. Uh, or analytical problems is he's going to, he's going to up the aggression or up the intensity to 10 and you're going to like back off. Right. That's how he manages that not only as a human being, but as a director too. Okay. So like, for instance, as you were saying, Bay is like Bay uses speed and movement to increase the tension in scenes. Even if we don't know exactly what is dangerous or, Where physically the problem is coming from, he's still using these tactics to create those feelings, right? So examples. Hmm. So uh, there's a bunch of times in this movie when things go wrong and we have no idea why. I think the best one is on the space station that they dock with. Shit goes wrong there and it's like, why did all that go wrong? And the answer is like, I don't know, they flipped the wrong switch or whatever. Uh right. because the real answer is because it'd be boring if it didn't. So that's what happens, right? right? This
1: is a boring section. They're refueling. So Correct. The They're fuck? refueling, let's, so let's, let's get blow some up fires again. Get-
0: right. Let's blow up this place for no reason, right? Or as you said, uh sometimes things go wrong because, you know, just asteroids. It's an asteroid, so things are unstable. So that means sometimes we can just blow stuff up whenever and that's how it works. Fine. So To make that sort of seem together so you're not like, well, you know, so it doesn't feel too convenient, Michael Bay starts basically cutting rapidly between contrasting motions so that we get disoriented. So this is a Mm. refresher for everybody. So usually, if you want the audience to be like sort of swept into something, you're going to use like sort of similar motion, like continuity of motion to Mm. make the audience feel like we're all moving in the same direction. It feels very, uh, very synthesized, you know, like it, uh like it's it's all working cohesive. Yeah. M- cohesive, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Um Michael Bay is going to use opposite moving things so that we feel like we don't know exactly where we are and therefore feel like danger. Right? And we feel like physically like, uh, uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, like, uh, the the Michael Bay shot where he like wraps around like think of Bad Boys or whatever, like yes. the idea of like one shot is clockwise and it edits with a shot that's counterclockwise in, but they're both like moving at you know tremendous speed is that what you mean it's partly that
0: and it's also partly that like we literally have contradictory cuts to warn us that there is danger even though there's no reason visually that we've seen yet for us mm. to feel that danger for instance uh the first astronaut if you remember very briefly like there's an astronaut that gets clobbered by an asteroid mm-hmm. right so, like, he basically, like, so he gets clobbered by an asteroid. Apparently, he couldn't see that asteroid coming. Okay, fine. Gruber, I uh, think. Is, his name? <laughs> Is that his name? Amazing. So, yeah. uh, once that starts, we get a bunch of 180 Steadicam moves on a long lens, right? So, 180 right. degree moves on Steadicam are, they feel very disorienting because if they're on a long lens, because the long lens means we're only seeing a very small selection of uh, the landscape, and it feels like it's whizzing past us really intensely. Right. That's why most Steadicam moves that move 180 are not going to be on the longest lens. They're going to be on a wider lens because it helps us digest more of the landscape. We have more of the landscape. Right. You get more
1: parallax
0: in a way that we understand that's natural to our eye. Right, exactly. So what he does is he puts it on this really long lens, travels like thirty feet in five seconds, yeah, so right so like like he like right. a huge move, okay, like really fast, and then we get a bunch of smash cuts. And so what happens is we don't understand mm. screen direction anymore. yeah, we have no we don't understand where things like we don't understand geography, where we are, or what's happening. And because of that, uh, we process this tension. By uh, not by seeing it get resolved, but by feeling the resolution through camera movements. Right. It's right. So, again,
1: neat little trick to make you focus on the thing that he doesn't put attention to, like a character's face so that the actor can do like a compelling performance. And you're like, oh, that is a compelling performance. Is
0: this movie good? Like he does that so well. You're absolutely right. He's really good at it. You never feel like it doesn't hold together. It's kind of one of his biggest talents. He's able to throw these things together that feel like they really should like like be like ugh, but they work. Mm-hmm. He's really good at that. And again, it trains us not to trust the actual story to resolve or the actual visual elements to resolve, but instead, let the camera tell you when the problem is resolved. Right. Right. Let the let the film elements tell you that, right? So like it, he's transferred our connection to emotions purely to his filmmaking and away from the actual elements of the scene. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a tactic that he uses almost exclusively when he's dealing with the asteroid. Okay, so like he, he uses, for instance, on all the time on this mismatched speed. Mm -hmm. There's, like, speed mismatching all the time there, like, where some people are in, like, extremely slow motion, other people are reacting in real time or even slightly faster motion, and it's not for poetic reasons. It's just to make the tension go up, right? So, like, for instance, Bruce Willis' character is moving at, like, quarter speed during the countdown to blow up the nuke, and everyone else is reacting in real time. Right, right. You know? uh, Yeah, yeah, because if you show this events in real time it's not interesting right okay but but the one-sided and you don't see this that much actually the one-sided slowdown does work because we're disoriented so much that we're not even thinking about the fact like we're, we're disoriented in terms of like screen direction and speed and everything else we're not thinking about the fact that they're not moving the same speed but they're not you know it shouldn't match uh and so the point of this, in my opinion, and he uses it a lot on the asteroid for this reason, is it helps, it keeps us from getting a sense of the geography of the asteroid. Right. Like, I don't, he does not want us to know how the asteroid looks, like where things are on the asteroid and like how many feet Relative of this plateau they're on. Geography. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He doesn't want you to understand how the landscape of this place works. Right. Because, and I, this is, because this is because I think he knows that if we start feeling like the asteroid is a set, we're going to think it's stupid. You mm. know, I think he knows that instinctively. Knows like if you instinctively, underst- yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's going to be dumb. It's going to feel like a dumb 60s space set. Very. You know, that's very astute of him. Yeah. He's really smart like that. He's like, no, no, no. You know, because if they know where they are, it's going to feel like Star Trek or something. And not in a bad, not in the sense that Star Trek is bad, but in the sense that Star Trek feels like fake sci-fi. Like like old school Star Trek, like the first show Star Trek, you know that's going to feel dumb. So instead, he never gives us geography, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So uh, basically, how can I say this simpler? Basically, Michael Bay refuses to let you see the asteroid. Like you really don't get to see it very clearly. Like you never get to comprehend it, right? And Uh this is why. Yeah, and he does that because of this problem and also because it lets him do stuff like things can just blow up at random, creating new moments of tension so that we can string out the drama of this thing. Otherwise, we'd be sta- sitting there watching these guys drill. Right? So, right, and I think right. that's it would just
1: be like we got there on the depths. Good job, Chen. <laughs> you know, right. like we I- did it. All right, back in the pod.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Now, contrast this with Roland Emmerich. Roland Emmerich, one of his great gifts, I would say, is being able to do geography at scale. He's really good at that. Right. So like when you're when like, you know, for instance, in Day After Tomorrow, you know exactly where Jake Gyllenhaal and his girlfriend are in New York as and in proximity to the flood the entire time that sequence is going down. Right? He has very careful geography, so you know exactly where the Flood is, you know exactly where they are, you know where safety is, how far away they are, and you can see the you know the oceans coming to get them, right? Michael Bay's like, no, 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 you're not going to get any of that, right? Instead, you're never going to know where the where the Flood is coming from. It's going to happen when I say it happens, and you're going to – and therefore, the, the drama will – you'll never feel certain here. You'll always feel like, God, when are we going to be able to get off this asteroid because – uh, it's a it's a it's a wild card. You know what I mean? Like you never you can't expect it to do anything logical, right? right and it's kind right, of brilliant. Right, right.
1: Yeah, it's kind of brilliant. In it its creates own tension. Way I think you're. Yeah, yeah, I think you're making the point.
0: Yes. So, okay. The last way that I want to talk about that Michael Bay tackles these problems is with what I'm going to call sort of bald faced bombast. Okay. Yeah. yeah exactly. Now, right. and, like, and, like. It takes a certain amount of like shamelessness to do what he does. And I'm not here to like pretend I'm morally superior to him. It's not that. Mm-hmm. It's that like as a filmmaker I think you you think of yourself whether you are or not as artistic. Right? So like and you and you think of yourself as like I don't want to repeat or cop to standard tropes. I want to move away from those things and like you know tell a story that's unique and original and like you know shows my voice and all these things, right? Like that's what a filmmaker is. Bay Michael Bay has moved far beyond that Michael Bay is at a point where he feels he's not afraid to use even the most transparent schlock Mm -hmm. to give you the emotion that he wants to give you okay now I'll say that's often where his misogynistic impulses come from right so like if you see like this film had a couple really misogynistic scenes that were like whoa right (laughs) and why were they there. And they're, why were they yeah, there?
1: They're famous. they're famous. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and why were they there? They're there for jokes. They're there for comedy, they're, they're, right? He, yeah.
1: Keith, yeah. He thinks it, it, this he is thinks America. He thinks we need a joke here. Yes. He's like, ah, sometimes America's ugly and ar- uh, archetypal. archetypal. Uh, and by archetypal, he really means stereotypical, like in the way that he sees the world, which is, you know, whatever it is. But like, you're absolutely right. He's using it to connect with the audience in a way. With some right. of the audience.
0: Or because he, again, because in his restless feel, like his restless sensibility says, I don't care if it's a cheap laugh or a cheap boner or a cheap boom. Like, I'll use a shitty husband-wife fight at a telescope to get a laugh out of this, like, double, oh my god, double, there's an asteroid. Yeah, yeah, he's just yelling. Or... Yeah, yeah, I'll use the Russian astronaut shoving the American woman aside. Oh, Peter Starmaker hit... is yeah. so good. <laughs> he's good, but that that's horrific because he's like literally just going to beat the ship of the wrench. Why jokes? Yeah. Right. Jokes. I'm surprised you know?
1: he wasn't drinking vodka.
0: You know what I mean? Right, right. And like this is where he often gets most deeply criticized because he's willing to tap into something very ugly for a base laugh and i totally agree with those criticisms like i think yeah man you shouldn't do that you know like you shouldn't do that and i don't i'm i uh i don't want to say more about it because i think we could get into a whole there could be a whole other conversation about you know what do you do with the misogyny of these films
1: honestly has been had a lot uh i think that (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it hasn't. Like I always, I always lose my own kind of like read on things. Like it's almost to me saying that he is, like his politics or his, uh, you know, like his sympathies are outdated and problematic at the least. Is like an old hat at this point. Like it's like yeah, Agreed.
0: no, Duh. You know. Yeah, we all know that. Right. Right. And that's I don't. That's why I don't feel like I need to. You don't need you know, to like yeah. Really. Uh, ham- hammer on it. It does deserve its own conversation, absolutely. Both for the consequences and also for what does it say about storytelling that we use this convention, like the, that, like we use misogyny at, the at real these conventions.
1: Conversation is what does it matter yeah. to the whole, and that yeah, that is a good quote. That is a good conversation.
0: For our purposes, it serves like I'm talking about just how is he deploying this to give us a a blockbuster experience. Mm-hmm. This is what it means. Uh, for our purposes, it the the obtuseness that he is willing to embrace that obtuseness that, with which he's willing to embrace this bombast or bravado mm-hmm. over logic basically wears down your critique faculty. You know what I mean? Like your your willingness to critique the movie is eroded over time because right. he's shotgunning you with yeah. this stuff. That's like pure schlock, right? Like
1: having an argument with a tantrum.
0: Exactly. Part of the reason why we have this hour-long training montage, a thing that could have been cut. Like, you basically could have cut most of that. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, the movie is two and a half hours. Like, you could have cut 99% of that because we didn't learn anything. Mm -hmm. But the reason we have it there is because I think Michael Bay is using it to sort of train us. For yes. here's how the tone's gonna work, yeah. here's how the jokes are gonna work, here's how the tension's gonna work, and you're gonna shit. feel this way. Yeah, yeah. it's, a, it's we're being trained in the training montage, uh-huh. right? Like, you're gonna get jokes every three seconds, some of them are gonna be groaners, some of them are gonna be actually funny, doesn't matter, you need a joke. Uh Buscemi is gonna be a complete nightmare, why? Because you need that character. Uh, things Which are you gonna don't, explode. But he's training you to but think he thinks you, you do. You do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just because just, he's yeah. established that rhythm, and you're like, okay, I, I understand. Uh he's gonna make things explode for reasons you don't understand. It doesn't matter, we're in space, motherfuckers. That's how it's gonna work, yeah. right? I, mean, and I just also
1: turn it on at random times.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's gonna throw TNA in your face sometimes, right? Hey, you're bored, here's here's a boob, here's a butt. <laughs> Seriously. He's gonna yeah, shove he it does. right in your eyes. like he we don't need it sure in this PG thirteen movie. We don't yeah. need it but he's going to stick it there why because he never wants you to stop and think about the story he never wants to slow down he never wants to let off the gas mm-hmm. he wants you to have as much like maximum fun mm-hmm. right and the truth of the matter is for the most movie going audience especially in 1998 this was maximum fun and right? i also like, want to the- add yeah please
1: in the Criterion collection <laughs>
0: I know. I mean, and I think there's a reason why it's in the criteria because collection.
1: it reflects uh, American cultural values.
0: That's uh, that's a very good reason. Also, because despite its narrative being very poor, the filmmaking is very good. It, you know, like it, it created a moment where
1: everyone was like, "You seen Armageddon?" Uh, like that one time that everyone was like, "You seen Passion of the Christ?"
0: Oh my god. Uh, I, I love know, right? films
1: that like become like a uh like bigger than the box office. Um that's, you know, in this in in this world of show. Uh, <laughs> that's what we're all <laughs> here for. Uh you know, it's it's nonsense, but it's our nonsense, it's human nonsense.
0: Right. Right. So, I mean, I think the best way to summarize this argument in general is that Michael Bay is a, is the only guy with the visual and storytelling sensibility mm-hmm. and the lack of idealism as about film in general like just no film ideals and like he so that makes him basically the only guy who could have directed Armageddon like just nobody else could do it he has this unique like mix of things mm-hmm. um and therefore i think you know love him or hate him you kind of have to acknowledge that his sense of motion and his his very deep and robust understanding about cinematic conventions and editing has made him a success he is a bankable success yeah because uh, i think
1: he is reflected by the populace's like interest in the thing that he provides like he is the perfect like let's uh light the fires and kick the tires you know right let's, bang 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 he's like a uh, machine gun firing constantly you can't argue with machine gun firing constantly at you because he's just
0: he's screaming bullets in your face so i'm sure i like I, i'm sure somebody more more educated in like the history of cinema can point to lots of movies earlier than this one that are examples of times the director sort of abandoned narrative and moved instead to let's just have fun. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Michael Bay represents that shift in like a wholesale way. Right? Yeah. Like this is I mean, the this is when Buster film moved, moved that way.
1: Blockbuster, you know, which was, you know, really, if we want to get, you know, specific, founded by Spielberg. Right. Um, with but, Jaws. But right. mostly it was indicative of a moment of the Arturs taking over the studios' ways of doing things. And becoming so, making stories that were popular enough. So pulp. Anytime we're talking about pulp, that is the motivation. I don't want to do the thing that I'm. I'm tired of these stories that they have determined are you know how stories should be done. You know you can do the same thing to the Academy Awards. We all have the kind of um, observation that we're like. Yeah, they made that movie to try to win an Oscar. If you've ever thought that right. or heard that right. conversation, that is you reacting to a way in which the you know like hegemony of storytelling is operating, and saying I wish for something different. So you like the weirder tales. So that's like so you think of people right now who are working like James Gunn. You know, you you think of our tours uh, working. 10, 15 years ago, like Wes Anderson, who are now that now they're the one, the villains, uh, so to speak, because they have been on top for a while. We just want new stuff. And he, uh, for a lot of people, I think Michael Bay that is, uh, offered that. Um,
0: I but think it's he also, I think he also offered film to like, for the public, in a language that they already had, but had never but hadn't really been acknowledged that that seriously from such a big destination. Like and that is like sort of enjoying it ironically. You know, like I think he's I don't think he's the only one who's ever done that or even the first, but I think he's really good at creating movies that people who enjoy movies ironically can love. Because he's cynical enough that you don't feel
1: he's cynical enough you,
0: and you don't you don't feel like you're, in any way, violating the movie to sort of laugh at it.
1: No, yeah, you know? not at all. I, I think it should be said that Michael Bay makes movies for a group of people, and that group of people is like white people who love America, right? For the <laughs> most
0: part, that's. I, I don't know. I mean, in his he movies. made Bad Boys. He made bad boys, right? He he's made movies yeah, that are not exact ex- just that.
1: Yeah, maybe it's not entirely a white thing, but like it definitely is.
0: Um and, oh, I, I, no question. I mean, and, the, and he, it's
1: I guess my my point isn't the whiteness of Michael Bay, but rather like the reason he's quote unquote bankable, as you were mentioning, is because he, the kind of reckoning we have to deal with that sucks. Uh, about michael bay is he's not wrong about that america is that way and that's the real like sadness beneath all this is that for the longest time america has been that way so he shamelessly uses iconography like the american flag or which he really
0: does in this film it's like
1: wow salute yeah just giving a good old
0: salute there There uh, are flags there are flags in this movie in places that are baffling that there would even be a flag there, yeah,
1: and it's this all the uh, same to him, or at least it I perceive it as it's the same as like a you know, John Deere fucking tractor. like it's the same like American flag, tractor, whatever. like to him, that's what it feels like.
0: and I think he, I think he thinks of it, it seems like to be right. Well, I think he thinks of it in this like not in like a I don't think I don't think he holds the same values that he's drawing on. I think he sees the American flag as like a square of feelings. That he can stick to, <laughs> that he can stick in a frame and get it's what he wants out of the frame. Feelings. I'm serious. I really think he so makes good. that. No, it's right? so good. Like he's not like, man. This really makes me feel patriotic about America. I think he's just like, look. I want to get maximum nostalgia out of this. Let's stick a feeling square in there.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely you know? right. It's absolutely right. He, it's like what he does. what he can get out of the uh, image. Um, and once again, listening to his like uh, commentaries. The, you're spot on because that's how he talks about it. He talks about like we went there and we gathered these images because he t- he talks about it in the way that one who's seeking to make propaganda would talk about assembling the footage in order to create propaganda.
0: And he is prop art. He's uh he's. I mean he he's like he's sort of like transgressive as an artist in the way that like <laughs> you're gonna hate this, but I think it's true. Uh, in the way that like Trump is transgressive as a politician. I don't disagree. Yeah. yeah, Because like Michael Bay is the guy who's like, I don't care about being, uh, liked. I care about, uh, creating a thing that's undeniably, uh, successful. And I also don't believe in any of the thing, any of the imagery or meanings or, uh, feelings that I'm going to create. I just know how to get those feelings and then capitalize on them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I—that's what I believe about Trump. Like I don't believe he, he believes in any of the things he it claims. It takes a believes.
1: lot more, like and like a not an actual artist because I think he is an artist in the of sense of the word. Yeah, but like as someone who actually did care about like patriotism and what it means and like is like looking to see and seek like honest truth in like what is the what why is patriotism a problem why is patriotism good if an artist were to like focus that on his sites he would ask questions and be or she would be willing to put that patriotism and challenge and contest that kind of you know like those i those for example iconography or those kinds of people uh, who would say those kinds of things that are said in his movies or just in general, like, do we salute this kind of thing? Like, he doesn't seem to be... He's surface value. Um, right. He just goes for, like, yeah, just... That is, an, uh, that is an unspoken rule that you salute the flag and that is good.
0: Okay. Right. So he's how can using, I use that? He's, he's, like, as aware of the absurdity of image meanings as, like, an Andy Warhol. Like, right, he's, he's that adds, aware. He, yeah, he knows that stuff. But he doesn't want to make something that's meaningful with that knowledge. He wants to make something that's successful with that knowledge, mm-hmm. you know? And like, and so therefore like people who hold art artistry or whatever in a sort, as a sort of like emotional value feel offended by his work, you know? Cause like yeah, his work he is, makes it, offensive it, work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He does. I mean, right. And, and not without cause, but I'm just, I guess I'm just trying to explain what I see as a, Um, a methodology, like a modus operandi for him.
1: I I hope that I'm picking up what you're dropping. I think so. And I'll like sum it up, I guess with this, like he is so inconsistent. He makes a job out of clashing, like you said, bombastically all these elements. But isn't that what, like the question that I have is that when we think of like what an artist is, it's kind of like this weird catch 22 because I want to hate him, right? But isn't that what we want out of an artist? Yes, this nitrous fueled right. instinct? Like he's yes. over here saying, I want this speed, I want this cut, fuck that shot, I'm using this shot. Isn't that what we want? Isn't it arguable if it's for better or worse? Uh it's definitely in the face, like for better or for worse. And I by that I mean like it's definitely worse. It's he's Michael Bay, it's definitely worse. But like it's definitely in the face of choice by committee, right? And that's what I'm getting to when I was like, isn't that what we want? Like, no defense of his politics or sympathies. He's undeniably singular in his craftsmanship. Yep. And he's I- repeatably bankable. So is that not proof enough that that is what we want out artists? And like, I think that he is a artist for some people. Like he is the perfect artist for some people. I, I think he's. I think the he's best Thomas thing you Kink- can say
0: about an artist, he, right? he, he's Thomas Kincaid. I mean, that's what he is. It, like he's I, yeah. Like in in no you sense. know,
1: sense yeah. We're all kind of Thomas Kincaid in a sense. Right. In that I, I, I
0: like like it joking about Thomas you. Kincaid aside. Right. Like, the guy paints a nice lighthouse. You know what I mean? Like, his lighthouse yeah. is nice. Right. So, like, uh, like, nice. and I think Michael Bay, Michael Bay is as skilled at his craft as any director I can think of that's mm-hmm. not, you know, there's a few names that, no, he's not that good. But, like, he's as skilled at his craft. Right. I think the reason we viscerally react to it so much is that, like, he it's is... It's not for you. Why? Well, like, he doesn't hold storytelling and film sacred. Like he doesn't think of right, these things as why as sacred he's art. He's not for
1: me at all. Like on right. top of all the problematic shit, which is kind of number one for me.
0: Which that and it should like be. his
1: Romeo and Juliet law is still my favorite in Transformers. You know what's um, the Romeo? And Ju- what uh, Sorry, he has I said an insert. Uh, I'm surprised uh, you don't know that by name. It's like it's kind of like in this movie Animal Crackers. Like they he right. has a history <laughs> of like we we have a shorthand in film classes about right. scenes that he does because they're so like this actually feels like a like 1984 at this point like this is a joke right um and so yeah Romeo and Juliet law is a reference to in Transformers I don't know 19 uh he has uh Marky Mark has a daughter who's like 17
0: or whatever I didn't I never saw and this there's one. a
1: law in Texas I I'm probably bastardizing oh, everything
0: no no i do remember this no please, that it's go like ahead. Go ahead. yeah
1: and i don't even know what the law is but more or less i think the law is something like it's not statutory rape if it's like uh if they're both under 18 right or something like that i forget what it is but like,
0: I, I yeah and uh, it's we should look this up i'm gonna look this up yeah uh, i want to see
1: what the actual law is but like the whole point of it is that like michael bay chooses to shoot an insert of like there's a guy carrying a card like an id card or your money uh to prove to marky mark that he's like no actually there's a law that says that this because like marky mark's like you trying to fuck my daughter you know like he's like, oh right yeah and he's it's, like you oh, he put you in jail and like uh and the, the kid is like uh no actually sir this is a uh, law and it's fine And it's like, why would Michael Bay, 50 year old Michael Bay go? Well, first (laughs) off, yeah. Why would this scenario occur? Like, why would this person do this thing? That's not even my big question. That's just a good question. The real question is why would Michael Bay, a 50 year old man, put this in his movie and like focus on an insert for so yeah, long. Yeah,
0: you're right. That, that really is, uh, it's indicative. It's telling it, on himself. Yeah, it, that really is. That's unforgivable. Yeah. Like,
1: ah, yeah so yeah, I'm okay goes- when I show the fucking, yeah, look at the asses. I make a babe. Right. That's like, oh,
0: that does God. go beyond, that does go beyond capitalizing on a base instinct for the tone of your movie into, yes, I yeah. really want to make stuff about this. And I think that so, that,
1: that's we're taking two photos of him as an artist and him development as an artist. Uh, I think he got a little bit confident. Doesn't mean that he didn't hold these beliefs during Armageddon or the rock a few years previous. Could be. Uh, Yeah. But like, you know, it tells you where it tells you where he's coming from. And,
0: um, I, I I completely forgot (laughs) that this existed. Yeah, I completely forgot this existed. So, let me just like uh state again for the record. Uh okay, so his misogyny is much worse than even I yeah. depicted it here. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for thank that. you for reminding me of that. Uh yeah, yeah, it is yeah, yeah. that is unacceptable. He's like uh, I also, want an
1: excuse to show Megan Fox all the right, time. Right.
0: And and those stories and
1: are known I'm and angry that people are angry at me. He's a little child. It's petulance.
0: Yeah. Right, like, see, I, yeah, I've totally forgot about this. Right, so <laughs> it, it's it's that's real bad. That's but that's you're, you're really not really wrong really about bad. About
1: he does like like the patriotism stuff. Like he's he st- there are things he focuses on that are seemingly more just like base element. That maybe there's nothing like vindictive or like salacious about yeah, it it's
0: just cynical right like it's, it's ju- just cynical. yeah
1: it's just kind of cynical and that yeah like, now isn't now fine I've... it's it's definitely irresponsible but it's not like well condemn condemning like i don't know this is this is condemning to me uh
0: <laughs> uh i don't i mean i don't see a lot of filmmakers intentionally putting statutory rape cards on their film nope, that's pretty that's, wild
1: that's the thing
0: so like but I think that probably it's the success of his films doesn't to me indicate that America thinks like pedophilia is good, really. We just don't want to say that. Nah. I think it's more that like we're putting up with this thing about his films because yeah. he's so good at the rest of what he does that we. I think he's
1: definitely yeah. losing most of the room when he's doing that shit. That's why yeah. I think he was like overconfident yeah. and he feels like I'm Michael Bay, I can do whatever. Uh, when yeah. he's making Armageddon he's less like I can do whatever but he always always but, was kind of but very I, I think heard. Armageddon it, yes
0: he was I, I think Armageddon is kind of like his peak in terms of influence on cinema like like, uh, I mean he's done a bunch of movies since but I think, I think, think right. he made yeah. Transformers that was a big hit and then he just started making only Transformers and Ninja Turtles for a pretty long time no it's
1: like The Rock in this and this yeah. is the bigger yes. one. And Bad Boys. Um, Those are the three, Bad Boys. like Bad Boys big, big Boys ones. It was also like I mean Bad Boys was just so seminal in terms of him, but also just like action movies. It was it was so early that it kind of blindsided everyone. But like in w- terms of Michael Bay becoming an artist, I think The Rock is where he hit his stride and I think Armageddon is his like perfection of the thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's, that's the- a pretty yeah, I think that's I, I think that's right on. And Armageddon is Seems to me when I look at it to be like him sort of flexing and saying like, like hold my beer. This is like a hold my beer movie for Michael Bay. I think kind of, yeah. You know where it, where he yeah. like he took on something that was much dumber than I think any of the rest man. of his premises and really really delivered from uh, from a directorial standpoint. Again, not watch, a good movie. You every know, time
1: like, I watch this movie, man, the um. As you were saying, which I want you to say again because it was off mic, I think. Uh, his editing.
0: Yeah, he so he fast. he was ahead of the curve on editing. I um, think you're I right. Think. He yeah. like so like I remember, for instance, there was that argument about uh, Britney Spears's. I, I think it was. Oops, I did it again. Where it was like, oh my god, there was like two thousand cuts in that in that like that was oh, like a
1: Walter merch in a blink yes, of an eye. Yes, in the blink of an eye, he to- makes. Yes. Yeah. 300 but, some cuts. Yeah.
0: But really, it's Michael Bay that kind of started that movement in cinema of like the frantic sort of mismatching cuts and seeming things together. Michael Bay has a really strong sense of editing. And I don't mean that like, like a lot of people, I think, perceive his editing choices as being like, uh, like sort of shotgun blast, like he's sort of snipping things together. Yeah. But like, if you've directed anything of any size, one thing you know is that like you can see when somebody is editing artistically um, and creatively, and when somebody's editing to salvage a bad scene, you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. for, like for instance, the movie you're going to talk about next. there's some editing to save a bad scene in it a little bit. Um, this movie, he doesn't. I, I really think he shot for these frantic edits and they seemed and they cut together because he understands how to make that work. Um, and that takes a lot of talent, man. Like shooting for the edit is one of the great director skills, um, that's sort of underappreciated. And I think Michael Bay has that more than maybe anybody. You know, like I I don't know who has it better than him. Like I would say even Spielberg sort of shoots his movies so that they snap together. You know, like I like I when I watch Spielberg film, I feel like every single piece of it feels very designed. Like I don't feel like he. Is shooting a bunch of moving parts and then seaming them together and editing, um, which is like say the opposite of like say a Terrence Malick. When you watch a Terrence Malick film, you're you know you're watching a guy who's shot a bunch of stuff and then he's kind of finding a story mm-hmm. in the edit. I think that Michael Bay is a perfect fusion of those two things. I think he's designed his film to such a degree that he can sort of shotgun blast his shots on like in movement and know they're going to still snap together, and that's amazing to me. Like the frantic fury of it. It's amazing. I find that very impressive. It's,
1: yeah, it's definitely unique to him, and it's definitely effective on a lot of us. Uh, definitely was effective on me the first time I saw Armageddon. Again, think about it.
0: This is a fucking almost three-hour movie. It's two and a half hours, and it feels like it snaps right by. I just sat in the theater for No Time to Die, that Bond film, and mm. I'm going to complain about it everywhere, because it was two hours and 43 minutes, and it was an eternity. <laughs> It, w- it was an eternity and it had all kinds of really cool scenes in it. And I liked Daniel Craig and I liked the director, but like, i must say Michael Bay would have made it better, but if there had been a Michael Bay style edit of that film, it would have felt good.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, like he's really good at that.
1: Well, uh, yeah, we did it. Yeah, we did it. We did it, man. We did it. Uh, I'm, thank you, you for, did
0: it. yeah. Thank you for, uh, bringing up the Romeo and Juliet card. I, I, I'm i glad you said that because I had forgotten about that Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think uh... that's that deserves to be acknowledged Anytime we talk about uh, Yeah It's Michael, one of those Michael things Bay. that
1: goes on your permanent record
0: I think <laughs> Well I mean especially because like You know As much as I'm trying to describe it only in terms of Effect on the audience I mean he's still shooting yeah. these young women this way It's like completely unacceptable Yeah yeah he
1: took a doo-doo yeah. in the street And we all get to bring up the doo-doo that's right uh, and when he' we won't, talk he, about him.
0: He won't acknowledge it either. like he doesn't acknowledge it.
1: Oh, he's yeah, because you know? he knows he knows. He fucking knows he's savvy. He yeah. knows the sympathies of the American public hold like a little, it'll hold his reputation like a little baby bird in his hand in their hands. What he knows you, he, he's got masters.
0: What would you do if you found out that he made an independent film? Would you watch that film? Are you like like a, do- like a
1: student? Like he did it in a uh, pseudonym? Like he had a well, that'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. Like, like, be he- amazing. <laughs> like he's like, <laughs> like he makes like a twenty-four some shit. Yeah. Like he, let's say Todd uh, Lagoon. Todd Lagoon. Yeah, i think. Some like. Tw- the director of The Green Knight, and he's just like, and he's just like the first junket. He just walks out and is like, What is Michael Bay doing here? He's like, Surprise, motherfuckers, I made
0: The Green Knight.
1: I'm Todd like, Lagoon. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. That, well, I, what? I,
0: I don't even think of The Green Knight as being an independent film in the same way, but that is amazing. No,
1: but that would, like, I want something where it's like got the, uh, you know, pastiche of like uh, yes. I'm an our tour yes. of a different kind. Agreed. Because like A24 is if there's anyone who's going to like slap in the face of Michael Bay, it's A24 because they're like ma- they're, they've made a corporation out of the yeah. idea of being like we're alternative reality. We're alternative, <laughs> uh, you know, like. We're, we're a different form of copium you know?
0: they, well they uh, they represent the other end of the spectrum we make yeah, exactly. movies that are substantial and uh that we are not big substance budget.
1: only yeah, yeah exactly we yeah. want characters we want yeah. all that stuff so it's just funny to me anyway but, yeah i'm getting off topic that would be really fucking funny uh this is yeah i i i do love looking at the Undercarriage of America, the sea <laughs> kind of genitalia of America. There really, and that's is... what Michael Bay offers is like. Let's see what God's up to. Every time I turn on one of his movies, I'm like, well, all right, what is what works in this country in the last several decades? I mean,
0: it, that's true. But let's not forget that it he still has a mastery of how to that's yeah obfuscate things that normally work in other films Dude, for his Sousa
1: purposes. Could make the shit out of a March. I'm not yep. going to deny yeah, yeah. that that's some right. musicians, some artists are just fucking knocking out bangers left. That's and right. right. Doesn't change the nature of the, the, the beast.
0: That's valid. Uh, yeah. Good point. That's a good but point. But Yeah. I okay. like
1: your deconstruction and I think that's, that's an episode, right? Unless I think you so. Have any final thoughts?
0: I think so. Like, all I can say is uh, for those of you who go back and watch Armageddon, if you want to learn something about film, not necessarily have a good time, learn something about film, watch mm-hmm. the core right after because you will oh, yeah. you will appreciate uh, the talent of Michael Bay after that. You yeah, may not it's like a the contrast, man, yeah. but you will appreciate it. 'Cause he he a much Whew, better filmmaker. Two yeah. different
1: ways of looking at the same problem. Same and problem. One is exactly a lot better.
0: Much, much better. Thank you, right. sir, for your all your help along the way. Hey man. I appreciate you. Appreciate you.